on Ethereum, the kind of the protocol layer is very agnostic and removed from what is happening on the application layer. Um, that's kind of created a situation where we have these kind of like champions or giants of the application layer uh, trying to accrue value. Uh, and But for Kanto, we're sort of like, hey, what if the protocol layer and the application layer were more integrated and some of these core DeFi primitives on the application layer were actually just free public infrastructure. Welcome to the Edge Podcast. I'm DeFi Dad here with Nomadic from 4RC. Today's episode breaks down what you need to know about Kanto, the Cosmos-based EVM blockchain built for the DeFi movement. Launched in August 2022, this grassroots chain made waves for flipping the design of L1s on its head by implementing built-in primitives such as its own stable coin called Note, the Kanto DEX, and the Kanto Lending Market. In this episode, legendary DeFi builder and Kanto contributor Scott Lewis joins us to share the latest on their product roadmap, what makes Kanto unique among blockchain networks, and how they apply a product-first mindset to building a community from scratch. But before we do, just a quick word from our sponsors who make the Edge podcast possible. Introducing the Mantle Liquid Staking Protocol, Mantle LSP, a permissionless, non-custodial, ETH liquid staking protocol deployed on Ethereum L1 and governed by Mantle. With Mantle LSP, users can stake ETH to instantly receive ME, earn yield and accumulate rewards the longer you stake. METH is the value accumulating receipt token that will give you access to expanded yield opportunities. Stake and watch your yield grow with Mantle LSP. Introducing RSweet by Swell Network, a native liquid restaking token that gives you access to the Eigenlayer ecosystem. Earn pearls, points, and future restaking rewards without locking your liquidity. And enjoy countless DeFi integrations for earning easy passive yield. Learn more at swellnetwork.io. Introducing KelpDAO, the first liquid restaking platform for LSTs. With Kelp, anyone can deposit Steth by Lido, ETHX by Stator, or SFRX ETH by Frax, and mint a liquid restaking token called RSE. With RSE, you can participate in your favorite DeFi platforms and get 100% of all Eigenlayer points plus Kelp miles. A fresh wave of restaking is here, restaking that's liquid, rewarding, and convenient. Learn more today at kelpdao.xyz slash restake. For most of us, our crypto journey started with MetaMask. And now with MetaMask Portfolio, we can do so much more. MetaMask Portfolio puts you in control. Use the dashboard to see all your assets and balances across your wallets in one place. The buy feature allows us to buy crypto assets effortlessly with fiat options such as PayPal or credit card. The swap feature allows us to swap any tokens anytime by finding a selection of available rates. The bridge feature allows us to bridge between networks including Ethereum, L1s, and L2s based on the best price and fastest delivery time. And with the stake feature, anyone in a few clicks can stake ETH and earn rewards. Do more in Web3 your way with a safe, simple, and convenient tool that's all in one place. Track and manage your Web3 everything at metamask.io portfolio. It all started so simply with CryptoKitties and Maker on Ethereum, but quickly became complex with more applications and many chains. 
Today, everyone agrees, UX issues are the biggest blocker standing in the way of crypto adoption. Introducing Avocado. Multi-chain UX redesigned from the ground up. The first wallet to abstract networks, accounts and gas. One gas tank to pay transaction fees on all chains. In USDC. And native access to Instadap's powerful, custom DeFi strategies. Avocado. One wallet to rule all chains. All right, let's introduce Scott Lewis, a contributor to Canto. Scott, welcome to the Edge Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's really good to be able to reconnect. Um, some background to having known you over the years is, you know, Scott has always been early to uh, trends that have become very mainstream in DeFi. It starts with the fact that Scott is the founder of DeFi Pulse. They actually coined the term total value lock which if you know the history of DeFi, the run-up uh, really, I believe, was fueled by an ability for the community to rally around this, this TVL metric. Um, he would go on to invent the DEX aggregator, work on countless other protocols, um, and now his full-time attention is here on Canto. And the motivation behind our discussion here today is to help folks to level up, to get caught up on all you need to know about Canto in 2024. Um, there are a number of aspects to the way it's designed that we're noticing are becoming um, standards in other L1s and L2s. So hopefully this will bring you up to speed. And um, Scott, why don't we just then kick off with a little bit more about you know your background working in DeFi over the years. I guess what else can you share in terms of like the highlights reel of what you've worked on um, and then we'll get right into Canto. Yeah, so um, pre-crypto, I was a trader for 11 years. Um, options, volatility, arbitrage, prop trading. Uh, starting my career at uh, Susquehanna International Group. Um, got into Ethereum late 2016, early 2017. Um, doing ICOs and then perp swaps. Um, and then uh, sort of my first experiment building uh, was a like anti-scam due diligence site for ICOs um, and kind of like had a lot of fun with that was more of a public service project and then um, yeah started started trying to build uh, stuff in the ecosystem with as you mentioned like DeFi Pulse and also Dex.ag which is now Slingshot um, after a rebrand and yeah just been been having fun building different projects and now yeah focus on Canto now a contributor. Scott, can you maybe walk us through what the motivation was to to build Canto? Yeah, so we sort of had a kind of front row seat uh, to like the emergence and development and mat maturation of DeFi on Ethereum. And uh, on Ethereum, the kind of the protocol layer is very agnostic and removed from what is happening on the application layer. Um, that's kind of created a situation where we have these kind of like champions or giants of the application layer uh, trying to accrue value. Uh, and But for Canto, we're sort of like, hey, what if the protocol layer and the application layer were more integrated and some of these core DeFi primitives on the application layer were actually just free public infrastructure? 
um, just like kind of, you know, how you have like kind of, you know, uh, street sweepers in New York City or a subway system. Um, can we have DeFi primitives that are like that? What you've done with Canto is really interesting because uh, if you look at other L1s and L2s, they exist as like this core infrastructure that we need, you know, to confirm our transactions. And, you know, it, it does that one thing and hopefully it does it well. Uh, but what you've done, what the Canto community, I guess, ultimately has done is wrap up some of this, like the core primitives that we need for it to be successful. So like, for example, we interviewed the founder of Mode recently, which is like a DeFi focused L2, and they have to rely upon startups to build AMMs and lending markets. But there are these like core features of a lending market and an AMM um, rolled up into Canto, which I, I believe has been a part of the success of bootstrapping uh, the network. Um, so maybe we should start to just get into that, like that that sort of core infrastructure that's like a public good. Um, and, and actually three of those core pieces we want to cover is uh, there's Note, which is a stable coin. Um, there's a lot more going on under the hood. There's the Canto lending market, and then there's the the Canto DEX. Can you start to talk us through like what is the design behind this this Canto note? Yeah, so so note is a like over collateralized stablecoin. Um, it started to be backed by T bills. It'll be transitioning being fully backed by T bills. Um, and note is kind of issued uh, by the Canto lending market um, from the when people borrow it. With, that have collateral at Canto Lending Market, kind of like how you have assets at MakerDAO, and then you borrow DAI to bring it into the world. Um, and then uh, Note's also a little bit unique uh, because there's no one trying to monetize a borrow and lend spread on Note. The interest rate you can borrow Note at is the same interest rate that you can lend Note at. Um, and sort of like feel like that's kind of an advantage of like the free public infrastructure approach. Um, and then, yeah, the main Canto lending market is is basically the collateralization engine uh, for Note. And then uh, Canto Dex um, is a solidly fork. Uh, and so it has XYK pools. Uh, it has like typical XY equals K AMM pools. And it also has some stablecoin uh, focus pools as an option. And uh, the version, the Canto Dex was different because the LP fees are zero and there's no fee switch. And so that liquidity is just incentivized um, by the L1 governance streaming Canto to the LPs. So just to clarify, uh, if I am an LP in the Canto Dex, I I'm not earning any sort of trading fees, right? And, and, and simultaneously, those traders are benefiting from the ability to, to trade for, for, you know, free, you know, they don't have to pay the 30 basis points or whatever Uniswap and everyone else charges. Um, the, the yield though there, cause there is a yield that folks are earning as LPs. Is that all Canto token or is, is, is there anything else I'm, I'm missing there? Yeah, it, it, it's all Canto token. It just streamed to the stream to the LPs. Scott, just kind of like thinking through. So if there's a DAX and a letting market, at the protocol level, um, I guess, what is the incentivization for other 
builders and developers to come in and build DEXs and lending markets. Can you kind of walk us through that? Because um, yeah, I, I don't understand like what the what the drive would be. So for a Canto lending market, it really only supports uh, lending or borrowing against bridge stables and T-bills. And so if a developer thought there was demand for people to use Canto as collateral and borrow stable coins against that, uh, like we saw in like Aave, like Aave and Compound First product, um, that would you would not actually be competing with the Canto lending market. Yeah, makes sense. So in the Canto uh, lending market, we've got FBIL, IFBIL, and USYC. For, for those of us who aren't familiar with those, like, are, are those... Are those tokens that are issued by another protocol, or is that also wrapped up into like the the core infrastructure of uh, of Canto? Those are kind of artful compliance RWA uh, tokens. Um, FBIL and IFBIL are issued by Fortunify, um, which is one of like the the OGest RWA issuers um, in the space, and then uh, USYC is issued by Hashnote. Um, Hashnote is kind of incubated and uh, supported by DRW, uh, which is one of the largest uh, trading firms in the world. Wow. Let, let's maybe key in on the RWA trend a little bit more because I feel like Canto has been fairly early to that that wave. And you, you, there's also a term that I, I hear about in Canto called neo-finance. Maybe, maybe break that down for us as well. And how that kind of relates to RWAs. Yeah, so neo-finance isn't really a thesis. It's more just tries to be a better descriptor. Um, when we think about finance on-chain, generally it's always been DeFi. Um, but RWAs don't behave just like protocol tokens or stable coins in that they do have uh, compliance gating and they have like different compliance needs than just sending ETH around. And so the finance that you're doing with RWAs doesn't feel like decentralized finance to us. And so it also doesn't feel quite like traditional finance. And so we thought Neo Finance was kind of a good descriptor um, so they would be clear and that users would kind of understand they don't have the same decentralization uh, guarantees or properties they would have when they're using DeFi. Scott, with RWAs, um, Canto was really early to this movement and they've grown a lot. Like RWA related DeFi has grown a lot over the past year, um, which has coincided with uh, rates being up. So we're all expecting the Fed to cut rates at some point this year. Um, what, what are your thoughts on like RWAs, I think, being pretty dependent at this point on uh, folks who want to earn T-bill yield on chain. Like, do you see where the puck might be headed next? Do, do you think rates being cut, you know, will affect the RWA DeFi markets or may, maybe it'll have no effect? Yeah, I think I think when you're thinking about T-bills on chain, um, you're sort of comparing that to maybe your dollar interest you'd earn in a savings account. Um, and by and large, those interests you're earning on those dollars will also be sort of indirectly affected by that short-term interest rate for dollars that you see in T-bills 
So like if T-bill rate was 6% and you're getting maybe 4% in a traditional checking account, um, if the T-bill rate drops to 4%, you might only be getting 2% um, in that traditional like savings account. And so, I mean, it, obviously you know, every bank is different, but uh, kind of the relative competition um, would probably not, not reflect badly on RWAs. DeFi enables a whole new world of trading and yield opportunities. Sometimes we all wish we had a little bit bigger of a budget so we can make the most out of it. That's why we created Blueberry. Blueberry lets you access the best opportunities on Ethereum all in one easy to use terminal. You can access 5X, 10X, or even 20X your money in one click, more than any other lending market, so you can maximize your earnings only on Blueberry. Maverick Protocol provides innovative liquidity solutions for token projects to customize, automate, and incentivize their liquidity with the highest efficiency in DeFi, all powered by Maverick AMM. Why has Maverick become the first choice for all kinds of token projects from stablecoins to LRTs? As the first dynamic distribution AMM, Maverick AMM provides automated liquidity movement modes which move your liquidity to follow price, keeping it where it does the most good. This enables Maverick-powered pools to process higher volume with lower TVL requirements and means that Maverick supports the highest capital efficiency for LRTs like WEETH. Maverick AMM also supports non-uniform liquidity distributions, making it easy to concentrate liquidity in shapes that fit each project's individual needs. Finally, Maverick boosted positions maximize incentive efficiency for protocols looking to bootstrap their token liquidity to precise strategic areas of a liquidity pool. Token communities like Lido, Aave, Swell, Etherfi, and KelpDAO have been bootstrapping TVL and maintaining PEG using Maverick tools. Ready to build liquidity with maximal efficiency? Go to app.mav.xyz the edge podcast today scott we we kind of alluded to this in the beginning um but another trend that we're seeing a lot of these other l2s and maybe some l1s do is try and incentivize developers or users in in new ways um something that again canto kind of pioneered earlier on is this uh csr contract secured revenue can you explain what's kind of going on under the hood with that. So before CSR, there were some different experiments with dev rebates, um, but they required uh, centralized curation. Um, But what CSR did that was a little different is when you deploy a contract um, that kind of goes through a turnstile and you get kind of an NFT associated with that contract. And it's just at a protocol layer and no one permits you or like, on permits you from doing it and then the protocol kind of meters all the gas usage um that all of these nft that all these smart contracts are running and that at any time if you own that nft you can claim a portion of that metered gas and so it's essentially a way to share transaction fees with devs but without having any high friction uh coordination problems yeah very cool um, something else I've been reading about just prior to this was this big upgrade called the Callisto upgrade. And I was a bit confused because it sounds like a, a, a pretty big up- upgrade to the current uh, Canto network. But then there's also this, I believe, upcoming migration at some point that I was reading about with Canto uh, migrating to a ZKL2 powered by Polygon S- uh, CDK. 
Um, are those two things separate or are they all at all similar? Can you maybe just describe what, what those, I guess, big upgrades are? Yeah, so the Callisto upgrade um, is upgrading Kanto with Cosmos SDK uh, version 0.5. Um, that upgrade kind of provides different performance improvements. Um, the one that will like most directly affect users, it'll let uh, the block time get down to sub-seconds. Um, so sub-second block time, which will kind of improve UX and just make using uh, in Kanto easier. Um, and then the, the Polygon CDK and ZK EVM, a lot of people think of Polygon as just building a ZK rollup, uh, but actually kind of their, their offering is a bit broader than that. Um, Canto, uh, when we upgrade, uh, that will, we will be kind of proving Canto, uh, like ZK proving Canto into Polygon's, uh, proving uh, protocol or algorithm, uh, which will give Canto trustless ZK bridging, um, which is pretty unique and useful in my opinion. Um, but we won't, we won't be moving to like a single sequencer model that we see in other L2s. Uh, well, we plan to keep the validators and proof of stake. So there's still decentralized transaction inclusion, um, and kind of trying to get this best of both worlds um with kind of like the decentralization on on blog producing but also uh the the trustlessness i know when we talk about like all of this like core consensus infrastructure type of stuff uh i'm immediately thinking about staking uh so with the canto token i know that if you go to canto.io slash staking looks like we can stake uh canto for 5.24 percent apr yeah it's it's just like basically block block rewards um paid out epoch by epoch um to different validators it's it's uh it's uh it's the cosmos uh cosmos sdk flavor of staking but for like an ethereum audience it's like uh economically similar with some differences to the Ethereum model. Um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of like the the model people are familiar with. I feel like that's something we left out uh, in this conversation. When you launched, when Canto launched, I remember uh, recognizing that this is a Cosmos chain that is EVM compatible, that you know, allowed me to use like something like MetaMask that I was already using. I, I guess, what else can you share about that? Like, was there an intent there to try to like um, attract, you know, folks who might already be using Ethereum and Ethereum L2s um, who, who maybe hadn't uh, ever tried anything in the Cosmos ecosystem? I mean, I would say most of the early contributors, not all, there were some Cosmos-centric early contributors, but it Many of the early Canto contributors were just Ethereum people. Um, and so we were sort of very familiar with like why Solidity is easy to develop smart contracts with and kind of the large infrastructure and large tooling and large community developers familiar with that. Um, but at the same time, uh, just because Cosmos kind of with their app chain thesis and just there's a lot of Cosmos chains out there, 
um, prioritizing like safety. Um, just that Cosmos SDK has been battle tested and is battle hardened uh, with lots of usage in different ways and people trying to break it a lot. Um, and so we felt like that was like a good, like safe, uh, safe, like a, a secure option um, to build like the core, like the, the protocol layer of the chain on. Um, and kind of the Evmos uh, team with a building with a grant uh, from the Cosmos community kind of build a combination where you could have the EVM and Slivzy on the application layer use like tooling like MetaMask um, or Slingshot um, and while also uh, getting kind of that battle testedness of the Cosmos SDK. Scott, what can you tell us about the up and coming startups in, in the Canto ecosystem? I know one that's top of mind, uh, Nomadic and I were angels in Cadence Protocol, which I think is launching here at the end of February. It's an intense-based protocol. Basically, will allow us, for folks who aren't familiar with this, you will be able to execute a perps trade from essentially any of the supported L2s, in, including uh, including Canto. And uh, it, it's it's going to power something like a perps aggregator, um, this, this one protocol. So there's a lot of promise there that that will help to unsilo some of the uh, the perps trading that's going on across lots of exchanges. But, anyways, what other startups would you recommend uh, learning about or getting interested in the Canto landscape? Yeah, like I've I've definitely been a fan of watching uh, like the Cadence team kind of build out and get ready for the launch. Um, it seems like they've done a done a great job in a lot of different ways. Um, excited to see like what's next for them. Um, have had a lot of uh have have a great time uh working with a few RWA startups on Canto, uh Fortunify, um, which I think has the most uh TVL and RWAs on, on Canto. Um I think they're actually getting ready for a broader launch um of, of their core product uh across different chains. Um and then uh Hashnote has been a great team to work with so far as well. Um and then the third one, uh high yield. Uh, is another uh, RWA issuer that's not focused on T-bills um, and just had a great time working with them uh, too. So I think like if you're looking for RWA exposure, like, I don't know, they're pretty good. Scott, we were chatting a little bit about this Music Plus before uh, we went live here with the pod. Um, it seems a little bit mysterious, but can you tell us anything about what you're cooking on the music side of things? Yeah, so lately I've been... I've been focusing, um, kind of, I, I live in Nashville. Um, there's just a lot of music people here. Um, and kind of like, I've always been interested watching kind of from afar music NFTs. Um, I, I, I don't think the music NFT format that got a lot of hype back in the NFT boom really like was a design um and sort of like always been thinking about how to design something like that how to get the incentives right not make it quite as focused on number go up and flipping kind of like make that emotional attachment 
that we have to music kind of use like uh use the ability to own that use ownership to kind of make that connection more powerful and more intense and more meaningful to people um and so i kind of have had like a little idea of how i might do it um and then uh just kind of in nashville uh have found some collaborators uh to work with and kind of just building self-funding bootstrapping um a startup um planning to bring those to to canto when we launch um and yeah just kind of hoping hoping to both create something cool and like a new way of kind of interacting um with music and a, a new way of being a fan um while also kind of finding a relatable way um to bring more users on chain um in a way that like the stakes are right um yeah it's kind of like something that's like a, a safe like enjoyable thing to collect sorry yeah just one more question on that um do, any idea like when we might see something like when when you might roll this out so the one thing that i've learned uh doing music is a lot slower than like mvp tech startup iteration cycles um they're like large every song is its own mini coordination problem and so like on the first uh project we have nine songs recorded um out of what i hope will be 12 um or what's planned to be 12 um and is seven different like seven different artists um two main producers and a lot of legal documents um and, and it's just like a very coordination heavy industry uh and so yeah our first uh first kind of exec started on monday uh another execs uh starting full-time next monday um and just kind of scaling it up uh as fast as it can go uh but yeah it's kind of a different world and just different constraints and so i wish i had a i mean i thought it was going to be mid-january it was not um and it probably won't be february but it behind the scenes is really fun um i'm just like kind of getting involved in i'm like in situations that i two years ago i wouldn't have imagined um like yesterday kind of like sending an email talking about uh a, a potential feature from like one of the hottest rappers on youtube right now an emerging artist um and it's just like this is this is like fun and like if it does come together hoping it does uh it could be i hope it's cool i hope people like it yeah there, there's been a huge interest within the web3 community um to support the music industry through the benefits of web3 but I don't think we've had that unlock quite yet. Like I acknowledge the fact there's been a lot of like interesting work done and um, credit to those folks like who are like working at the bleeding edge of, of all of that. Um, but Scott, this is a good place I think for us to start to wrap up. So I want to remind our listeners that they should uh, first learn more about Canto by going to Canto.io. There is uh, links there to all the different primitives we talked about today, like the Canto Lending Market, the Canto uh, AMM. And then there's also a bridge there too. Um, there's one thing we didn't cover here is that there is uh, 
uh, a bridge. It's on that site. If you're wondering like how folks were uh, transferring value over to Canto and back. Uh, but, uh, oh, one last thing, uh, with, uh, Scott's Twitter profile, you want to follow him at Scott underscore L E W underscore I S. We'll have that all in the show notes. Um, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, um, about all things Canto. I, I want to give you the final word though. Like what else, uh, that we haven't talked about is coming or, or better yet, just highlight for us once more. Uh, what is the next big milestone that we should look forward to? Yeah, I mean, thanks Nomadic and DeFi Dad for having me on. It's been a great conversation. Um, yeah, I was uh, the next next thing. I mean, I'm not on one of the teams, but one of the contributor teams will be uh, uh, contributors will be coordinating to get the uh, Callisto upgrade out, um, which I think will be exciting. And then I'm also looking forward to like the the Cadence launch. Um, which which may be coming out a little bit after the show comes or we'll see but it's coming up soon thanks everyone for tuning in if you're a talented founder or developer please consider reaching out to our team at fourthrevolution.capital and for future episodes of the edge podcast please check out our link tree at edge underscore pod